Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Saturday, April 30th as the Flyers go down in game number 82 by a final score against the Ottawa Senators of 4-2. The season is now over. The offseason has begun for the Flyers. The playoffs will begin coming up, I believe, on Monday. And the Flyers will not be participating in the 2021-22 Stanley Cup playoffs, unfortunately. Now they have to find something good to come out of this. We've kind of searched for that answer for, it seems like, a couple months now. I keep asking myself that question just about every day. What can you take out of this season? What can you get from a season that has gone the way this Flyer season has gone? That's led them to be the eighth-place team in the Metropolitan Division with a record through 82 games of 25, 46, and 11, and just 61 standings points. They finished the season on a three-game losing streak. They went 2-8-0 in their last 10, and... Like I said, they finished in the bottom spot in the Metropolitan Division. The New Jersey Devils had a couple first-round picks there with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. Um, finished just ahead of them, two points ahead of them. Flyers minus 87 in goal differential on the season. Of course, it was a season where the head coach, Elaine Vigneault, was fired. He was fired with a record this year of 8-10-4. Got fired after that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, where the Flyers uh, were playing Tampa in a situation where they were playing four games in six days, five games in seven days. And I remember going back to that night, the amount that Tampa had played, and I think the Flyers were rested from Wednesday until Sunday. And the lightning from their schedule were at such a disadvantageous position that it was actually even money on the game in Las Vegas. And they got blitzed in that one. Elaine Vigneault was terminated. Mike Yo became the interim head coach. So AV goes 8-10-4 this season. Mike Yo 17-35-7 as the uh, interim head coach for the Flyers this season. And obviously, 13-game losing streak in there, a 10-game losing streak. The team, they fared well when they've scored first. 29-7 was their record when they got the first goal in the game. Now, that obviously happened pretty rarely. I mean, 36 times it happened, and, you know, they lost nine times after scoring the first goal in a game. When the opposition scored first on them, 5-36-4 on the season. When they've uh, outshot their opponent, this is odd. Again, I always talk about preaching about shots that that's, that's not really anything that matters. It's about quality, not quantity. But when the Flyers outshot their op- the opposition— they won, went 10, 17, and 3. And when they were outshot by the opposition, they went 12, 26, and 8. They were 9 and 7 in one goal games. Uh, and when they were trailing after two periods of play, 2, 35, and 4. When they were tied after two periods of play, 9, 9, and 4. But when they had the lead going into a third period, 14, 1, and 3. That obviously just did not happen enough for the Flyers this season. When you look at the periods and goal disparity, the third period's got the biggest gap, 66 goals for 101 goals against. But a lot of that is also obviously empty net goals. And then you look at the second period where the Flyers scored 71 goals in the season but gave up 102. That's a big, big issue for the Flyers and giving up first goals, obviously, and not being able to rebound from a two-goal deficit. 
that's been an issue, and they and they haven't done it all season when trailing by multiple goals in a game, come back to win one. So what is the good that's going to come from this? Well, we can look at certain elements. We can look at the elements of getting to see a lot of the NCAA younger players that the Flyers had drafted years ago come up and look pretty good. You know, you look at Noah Cates. He had a very good mini NHL season with 10 points in, I think, 15 games. You look at a guy like Owen Tippett, who was acquired by the Flyers uh, in the deal for Claude Giroux way back uh, around St. Patrick's Day. He certainly flashed. He had a goal last night in the game. Great one-time shot from the left side of the ice. Uh, Travis Konechny, when AV was let go, and since Mike Yo has been the interim head coach, Travis Konechny's game really picked up. He ends up with 16 goals, 36 assists, and the team lead in fit with 52 points. Atkinson ends up second on the team in scoring, 23 goals, 27 assists, and 50 points. Claude Giroux, who played 57 games here but was traded at 42. And then James Van Riemsdyk got a goal last night as well. Real pretty between the legs goal. It was his 24th of the season. Add on 14 assists as well, and you've got 38 points for James Van Riemsdyk. But getting to see some of these young players and Morgan Frost, who was back and forth between Lehigh Valley and the Flyers, and finally you're starting to see elements of his game you like to see a little more finish like you would with Owen Tippett, but you're starting to see elements of his skill set popping out. It's going to be a really important offseason for a guy like Morgan Frost. And then you, guys like Cam York, too. Big offseason for him. And we did, He didn't finish the season um, because he was out injured for, I think, about five or six games. But Cam York, real big offseason for him as well to make the team out of camp. And then the other, the other part of it is, you know, Who's going to be new? How many guys were here this year but aren't going to be back, and who will they be replaced with? You know, is James Van Riemsdyk coming back after that 24-goal season? Is he going to be a guy that they trade and retain, say, $2 million of that $7 million cap hit? Is that the situation for James Van Riemsdyk? You look at other players, Oscar Lindblom. You look at some of the younger players. Could they be used in a deal? We'll see how that plays out. You know, we talked in yesterday's episode about the notion that either Konechny, Sandheim, or Provorov, one of those guys will be gone. I don't know that to be true. And if they are, what's replacing them? So the season's over, and we're going to get answers to all the questions, all 12 that I laid out last night, and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, you know, Mike Yo's future with the organization, I guess that that's a, a variable right now we don't know about. They may know it. If they know who their next coach is, maybe Mike Yo stays on and is an assistant in that role. Maybe he stays with the organization and works in player development. I know the guys, and talk to a bunch of players, really respect Mike a lot, the way he handled the situation. He was put in a very difficult situation. Is he a perfect coach? No. Nobody is. Um, is he a guy that can certainly help a coaching staff? I believe so. I think he has elements of his hockey acumen that really can help young players, veteran players, and he's got a great way of communicating, not just to the media. That communication, I think, also applies behind the scenes in the locker room and players wanting to play for a guy like Mike Yo. So while I don't think that he will be named the head coach, um, I think there's a chance, pending, obviously, who the next head coach is, that he could remain with the Flyers on the staff. And I've had text exchanges with Mike, and he's talked about how much – 
he loves it in Philadelphia. His family loves it here. And he wants to stay here. He wants to see this thing through to success because he knows in this city how appreciated it would be. So we'll see what the future is of Mike Yo. It's going to be one of the more fascinating elements. And look, we may get some clarity on that coming up this weekend or next week when Chuck Fletcher and or Mike Yo speak. We'll see what direction that goes in. But uh, it's going to be a really interesting offseason for sure. And when I was on my way to the game yesterday, I was listening to uh, 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. And as I'm trying to kind of digest still, now that it's over, there's no game coming up this week. I'm trying to digest exactly how we got to this point, how the Flyers finished eighth in the Metropolitan Division with just 61 standings points. When the last time they played 82 games a couple of years ago, they were a team uh, in Dave Hackstall's last year where he was let go, and then Scott Gordon, even that year, they through 82 games, they were 37-37-8. They were hockey 500, but they were 22 or 21 points, standings points, higher than this team this year. So I we got to figure out what that means, why it went that awry, why it's 21 points less than a couple of years ago before AEV was hired. Got to figure all those things out so you, so you don't repeat those mistakes. I mean, they come back the next year in the 1920 season. So they had 82 points in the 1819 season. AV comes in, and in the 1920 season, they play 69 total games. They get end up in that season in 69 games, 89 points. So they had seven more points than the year prior, but played 13 less games. And then you look at that 89 points in 69 games, and you see what, what they had this year. And it just wasn't good enough. And look, part of it, and going back to 32 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Marrick were talking about the Vegas Golden Knights not making the playoffs. And they mentioned, well, you lost Pacioretty for basically 38 games. You lost Mark Stone for about 35 games. And those are huge losses. And the Flyers had some really big, significant injuries. The Ryan Ellis injury, only playing four games, and Sean Couturier, those are big, big big-time injuries for this team. I mean, Couturier ended up playing 29 games at six goals and 11 assists, but you could tell about 10 games into the season, 12 games into the season, he was dealing with something. When you start to see the face-off percentage drop, that's usually a pretty good indication that a player is dealing with some sort of injury. And Jake Cooch tried to play through it, as he told us on this podcast, but the pain was not something that could be managed, so figured let's get it fixed, especially when this season was as sideways as this one was. So, you know, what does it all mean? We're going to have to figure that out. We're going to have a real big episode coming up for Monday, uh, for Mondays with Meltzer when Bill Meltzer joins. And there's a lot to, to kind of digest, to figure out about this season. But at some point, we got to grab this season, take all we can, all the learning from this season that we can, and then crinkle all that other stuff up and throw it in the wastebasket and move forward. Because there's nothing you can do about this season anymore. It's over. What you got to do is put your energy in after you have a full detailed debrief on this season. You got to put all your energy moving forward. You got to figure out the best path for this organization moving forward. Whether that's some sort of aggressive retool, rebuild, uh, I don't know. 
whatever you want to call it. We'll see what it is, but that's where the concentration needs to come next. It needs to be strategic, and it needs to be executed uh, with damn near pinpoint accuracy for the Flyers to move forward. So we'll see what they're able to do. Now, tomorrow will be the first day since way back in mid-September that there will not be a Flyers Daily Podcast. We'll be back on Monday, like I said, with Bill Meltzer, uh, but we will not have an episode on Sunday. We are going to go starting on Monday to our Monday, Wednesday, Friday format. So we'll have new episodes for you all through the summer. I might take one week off, go down to the shore um, in late July. But that being said, uh, we'll go to our Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, I'm going to be at the practice facility today, taping a lot of interviews with players and coaches and management, and you'll be hearing those over the next couple of weeks as well. So the 2021-22 season, it's in the rear view. Uh, now it's time to concentrate on the off season and an important one at that. Uh, just want to thank everybody for listening all throughout this season. So many people come up to me at Flyers games and say, hey, man, I st- and get DMs and messages on Twitter. I start every day with you on the podcast, you know, and I appreciate that so much, you know, to, to lend your ear to what we're talking about here on Flyers Daily day in and day out. Uh, it's not easy, but, you know, sometimes it's not uh, the most fun thing to listen to. So... I thank you for listening all season long and the loyalty that everybody uh, has shown me over the year. And I'll just leave you with this. Uh, at and Hoagies on Twitter said, um, he said, hey, I wanted to take a minute and say thanks for all the content. I love your work on Flyers Daily. I know it's been a frustrating year, but you keep a level head, provide thoughtful commentary and insight. It's how I start each day, and I appreciate your efforts. Enjoy the well-deserved off day coming this Sunday. I appreciate that very much. And it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy the day, but I'm also, I'm also kind of salty already that the season's over. I'm ready for a new season to start. I guess I got to decompress at some point, at least for a little bit, but that's going to wrap it for this episode and this season. We'll be back Monday with Bill Meltzer on another brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, and they